31 Tales presents Tales from the Rift. This story is based on the game of Fortnite, which I had nothing to do with its creation, so it is an unofficial story. Uh, just as a pre-warning as well, uh, although I tend to keep violence and gore out of these tales, uh, I have featured some of the weapons from the game in the story. Uh, so the names of uh, types of rifles and guns. So if that's something that you um, don't want your children listening to, then I'd suggest you skip this episode. Uh, that said, this is The Rift. As I thanked the bus driver, a list of other usernames appeared on the screen along with mine. I only had to thank the driver two more times and I get enough XP to level up. The battle bus travelled along a route starting at the northeastern side of the map, high above the snowy mountains. Cold winds, I could see but couldn't feel, whipped by as I got ready to jump. Far below me now were the solid walls of Brutal Bastion. Too busy, I decided. Still without a definite landing site, I took the plunge, head first, arms back, streamlined and speeding like a bullet toward the ground. Blue Contra trails flowed out behind me. Past Bastion, closer to the border, are a couple of buildings half buried in the snow. I knew this would be a good place to get loot without having to deal with too many players, if any. As I neared the ground, my glider automatically deployed. I had chosen a default skin and glider this round. Most players thought a default skin meant you were a noob or a bot, so I liked to let them think I was just a beginner. I dropped in behind a snowy slope, and as soon as I touched the ground I began to sprint to the top. From there I crouched and looked out over the half-buried houses. Far off in the distance I watched another glider swirling overhead, but otherwise the way was clear. The first house was buried to the second floor. Crouching, I crept through a window and saw the glow of a chest in the corner. Grabbing some ammo off the floor, I headed for the chest. Inside, I found a heavy sniper rifle, along with some mini shield potions. I drank two of the minis, filling my shield bar halfway. The sniper rifle would be useful at a distance, but not close up. It was too easy to miss a moving target, and took too long to reload. I was about to search the attic when I heard the thudding of footsteps above me. Someone on the roof. They must have landed behind me and followed me here. I crept back out the window in a crouch, pointing the sniper rifle upwards, hoping to catch the player unaware. If I got this right, I could take them out with one shot, but if they saw me, I'd be in trouble. They might not have a weapon yet, but if they did, it was bound to be something more useful for close distance than what I had. I searched left to right, then slowly moved backwards to get a better view of the roof. It was clear. I stayed still a moment, just listening. No footsteps, no movement. I circled the building, checking the opposite end of the sloped roof, but that was clear too. No one was around. I shrugged it off and headed back inside, taking the wooden steps up to the attic. Here I found a common maven and some shells, but otherwise the place was empty and barren, as you'd expect an abandoned, half-buried wooden cabin to be. I moved on to the next building which was buried up to the attic. Again I used the window, 
and picked up a first aid kit and a tactical pistol. I now had three weapons, some heels and one mini, all without seeing another player. Staying within the snowy cliffs, I came across a smaller version of the roofless building at Brutal Bastion. It was a two-storey building all alone, and while there might be other players inside, from here the area looked clear. Being up high and having flat snow to the north, I kept the sniper rifle in my hands and looked all around me as I moved toward the building. When I turned back I stopped in my tracks. Perched in a crouched position on the corner of the building was a player facing south, just looking out towards slappy shores. I didn't recognise the skin but it was a girl in a pale blue outfit with short blonde hair. I raised the rifle to my face, searching for the player down the side of the scope. As I fired a direct hit, the rifle bucked, taking me out of zoom. As I reloaded, I could see the player was still there, still crouching. I raised the rifle to fire the final shot, and again it bucked. Rather than the usual elimination message appearing on screen, and the player disintegrating in a blue flash, she hadn't moved an inch. This didn't make any sense. Two direct hits from a heavy sniper should have finished the job. I zoomed in again to find the player now turning her head in my direction. This was very unnerving. Normally when players turned, their whole bodies moved. But in this case, the player was only turning her head. Before her eyes met mine, there was some kind of glitch and the player was facing south again. I kept the zoom on her and watched as sure enough her head began to turn in my direction, like a real person. Through the scope I could see a manic grin begin to form on her mouth, before her head twitched back again like rewinding a video. As her lips parted I noticed her teeth were jagged like pieces of ice. I took one final shot and quickly headed for the nearest zipline or gap in the cliff. I sprinted down a slope, sliding on my knees to the bottom to save my stamina, all the while trying to understand what I'd just seen. As I reached the grasslands, I took a final look behind me, hoping I was alone. The last thing I wanted to see was the figure in the pale blue tracksuit, standing in the snow, peering down at me with that crazed look in her eyes before it glitched and returned back to normal. The ground here was rough and uneven rising and falling in small hills which helped provide cover. I stayed off the road but followed alongside toward a gas station where I'd be able to grab more loot and a vehicle. I arrived to find two cars and one bike. There were no signs of battle, no loot dotted around on the ground or half-built barricades. Inside the cash registers had already been emptied and the chests searched. The back door was wide open and any players long gone. I took the bike and headed further south, scanning left and right as I followed the road. I couldn't see anyone, but then I heard another engine coming from the opposite direction. It got louder and louder as it came right toward me. But there were no vehicles on the road. The engine of a truck roared beside me, and began to grow quieter and more faint as it continued past. 
My bike swerved as I searched all around me for any sign of the phantom vehicle, but I was completely alone. I stopped the bike and checked behind me. In the distance I could still see the garage. On top stood a lone figure in a pale blue tracksuit. When I reached the race circuit above Mega City, I finally caught some movement through my scope. A player in a peely skin had just exited the little red shack with a safe in the counter. That's when I remembered seeing that second glider at the start of the game. I dashed in his direction not wanting to lose sight of him. For a moment he disappeared behind a slurp truck, but I soon found him again searching a gold chest. He swapped out a couple of items, picking up and dropping things to the ground before turning in my direction. Upon spotting me, he went dead still like a deer in headlights, like a gazelle being stalked by a lion. After a moment, he began crouching and standing in a demonstration of friendship. He switched his assault rifle for a pickaxe, calling a truce. Normally, if a player did that in a battle royal, I'd bop them quick, but in this case, I wanted to know what was going on and where all the other players were. I slowed my sprint to a walk, and he began to emote as I came near. I quickly changed the game settings on my headphones in case he had a mic. Hello, hello, I heard directly into my ears. The player spoke English with a slight accent. Hello, I said back. At last, said the Peely player, another person. Do you know what's going on here? Where all the players are? Have you heard them? The other players? Yes, I think so. I could hear them, but I couldn't see them. We are in a, how you say, parallel game. Another level of the same game. We cannot interact with the players. Should we return to lobby? I suggested. Perhaps, or maybe we wait until the end and we might win the game. No one can kill us like this. The glitch in the game could be a chance for an easy V-Royale win. But what would happen once all the other players are out? Would Peely and I have to battle it out for first place? What about the last person in the other version of the game? The one where all the players still were? Okay, I agreed. Let's wait it out and see what happens. By the way, have you seen... Before he had a chance to finish his question... The sound of a rift opening up took our attention. Above the metal tower on the racetrack, it looked like shattered blue crystal stuck in space and time. At the top of the tower, standing in the metal stairway, the figure in blue watched over us. Without a word, Peely switched back to his assault rifle. I raised my sniper and looked through the scope, just in time to see the jagged grin, before the figure vaulted over the railing and vanished. Gunfire went off beside me as Peely's rifle rattled off some shots. I quickly changed my maven and saw the figure leaning forward in a sprint. The short blonde hair, manic grin and pale blue tracksuit seemed to glide toward us. I blasted the figure twice, but it had no effect. The next thing I knew, she had her arms wrapped around Peely and her sharp grin watched me from over his shoulder. A second rift opened up behind them, and slowly she dragged Peely towards it. 
Peely twisted and turned as the player tried to move, but there was no escaping the snake-like grip. Into the rift they went and it closed behind them, leaving no trace they'd ever been there. I walked the empty streets of Mega City. The bright neon lights, occasional sound of music and huge hologram characters made the city feel alive, but it was in fact as empty and lifeless as everywhere else I'd been. I hopped up on a yellow grind rail and surfed over the city at speed, looking for any signs of life. Everywhere I looked I saw chests unopened. As I glided past windows of buildings that touched the sky, I could see ammo boxes unclaimed and weapons dotted about here and there. It was as if nobody had been here, not landed or looted, not taken a vehicle, not even passed through on their way to somewhere else. It was an abandoned city, untouched. The sounds told a different story, though. Every now and then I'd hear the crackle of gunfire, a grind rail being used up above me, or a vehicle roaring to life down a narrow street. The game was taking place all around me in that other parallel world, while I waited for another rift to appear and swallow me up. The storm was headed this way, and I'd have to exit the city and head for the mountains and beyond. Once the storm had finished shrinking, the city would mostly be covered in pink shadow, leaving only the outskirts. On a normal game, I'd wait on the mountainside for players escaping the storm to exit Mega City, and there I'd bop them as they ran for cover. The sky was purple now, and as I looked up, I saw the opening of a rift above a skyscraper on the city's edge. I couldn't see the figure, but a blur of blue dropped the five stories toward the ground. I didn't wait for her to land. I turned and headed east. Beside a pond decorated with lily pads sat a small Japanese building with sliding paper doors. This seemed as good a place as any to make my last stand. There was nothing inside but an ice cooler and ammo box. I left the door open and crouched to the side, making myself as small as possible while keeping watch out over the pond. I didn't have to wait long. The figure in blue appeared in my sights. I fired and reloaded. As before, the rifle had no effect. She dove into the pond, swimming toward the nearest lily pad. I switched guns and sprayed the water, unsure if I got any hits or not. The figure bounced off the lily and out of sight. The sound of a pickaxe came from the low roof above. Again I sprayed the area with gunfire, until I could see the sky above. The figure in blue dropped through the damaged roof and grabbed me in both arms. At this point I lost all control over my character. A rift opened up in the corner of the room and I could only watch as the figure dragged me towards it. The next thing I knew I was falling through the air with a contra trail behind me. Down below I could see the last of the players battling out as they were busy building for higher ground. There on the right, it looks like the same peely skin I was working with earlier, the one that was dragged in the rift before me. Whatever that thing had been, it wasn't trying to harm us, it was fixing whatever glitch had put us outside of the game.
But what was it? It wasn't a player or an NPC. It wasn't a boss. Was it designed that way to fix bugs? Or was it something else? Something living inside the game? Inside the rift? Thank you for listening. Please leave a review or get in touch with me at johnablewriter at gmail.com.